welcome to Weird Science, the psychology podcast where we talk about everything having to do with the brain that's weird or interesting or whatever. Yeah. I'm Laura. And I'm Emily. Um, who's getting started this week? I think it's yeah, you. Yeah, it's me. It's, it's me. We have a fun topic today because the first three we started on were, uh, well, sleep paralysis was too bad, but no. the other two were... <laughs> Hard hitters. Uh, that's one way to put it. Um, so this week we are covering... Celebrity worship syndrome. Um, I'm glad you took that. I was like, I'm trying to remember what the topic is. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to get started by covering, like I had mentioned to you before we even started recording, is the research on this is not terribly great. Um, It's like one group in the UK who does this stuff. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's like everything was like the test groups are all the UK. And I was like, do we not do that here in, you know, the land of Hollywood? I know. That's a little strange. Anyway. But this time I got my sources. Nice. My sources include uh, an article in Psychology Today by Mark D. Griffiths, uh, an article by Emma Brazil on VT, an article by Olivia Reese on Parent Herald. That probably sounds like a nice, safe site. Okay, Mm. so I'm going to get started off with the nice little definition. So celebrity worship syndrome is defined as an obsessive addictive disorder where an individual becomes completely and wholly interested and involved, essentially obsessed, uh, with the personal life of a celebrity. A lot of articles note that this could theoretically be anyone in the public eye, so this they mentioned things like, you know... Instagram like, models or... Well, okay. Well, they maybe. were talking... Well, because they were saying, like, it could be literally... Anyway, it could be, like, a really famous businessman. Oh, oh, or wait. Or, like, an I, author or... Yeah, I saw one that was, like... Um, there was a movie about it where the the celebrity, quote-unquote, is just, like, a star swimmer, swimmer of a high school. Yeah, it could be yeah. something like that. I thought you were going to do that, um, that one movie where the woman, like... She's, like, obsessed with that author and kills off her favorite oh. character. I thought you were going to mention no. that one. <laughs> um, you're thinking of, fuck, why can't I... It's Kathy Bates, and it's a... You're right, it is Kathy Bates. It's Kathy Bates, and, um, shit, what is it? Stream? Fuck, I'm no. so, I'm so mad. It has a, it's the it's title... The, it's the Stephen King... The title is something it's to like do... like, Punishment or something. Uh, I thought the title had to do with literary, and I was about to say Stranger Than Fiction, but that's, no, that's, that's a different that's movie entirely. Completely not. Uh. Uh, Misery. Misery. Okay. There we go. Okay. Literally, I think a podcast mentioned it, which is why it's in my head. But so yeah, it could. This your you know celebrity worship syndrome could focus on literally anyone who's in the public eye. But more often than not, it's someone from TV, film, music. So like what we think as kind of your actual celebrity. It is noted that the condition may be indi- indicative. Uh, indicative. Yes, that word, <laughs> of, of an actual syndrome. So they're saying like a cluster of abnormal or unusual symptoms, you know, indicate the presence of an unwanted condition. As in the early 2000s, so this is one of the women, they feel like there's that one like group of people who did, uh, do this. And one of them, like one of the main ones in the team, someone with a PhD, is Lynn McCutcheon. Um, her and her team they used a small sample to suggest a celebrity worship dimension on the celebrity attitude scale, which is essentially a test used to find out like how you feel about like celebrities. Right. Um, and so they they found like a dimension of that for celebrity worship. I actually tried finding the scale. Like anytime I've ever tried to look up what kind of tests are used, I can never find it. And then another sam a bigger sample was used by another by another guy who's 
name comes up all the time. I want to say it's Maltese team. Malt balls? No, it's like, you know, like, like, you know, like the word malt, like, you know, and then buy. So it's malt, buy, but malt be something like that. Yeah. So his team, he, uh, they identified three dimensions of celebrity worship. So it's a continuum, different varying levels. So the, the first level, which is the the nicest level, uh, the, the least worst level. Right. Uh, so this, the less, the least severe. Yeah. Like this is, so it's called the entertainment social. So this relates to attitudes where individuals are attracted to a celebrity because of their perceived ability to entertain and to become a social focus of, of conversation with like-minded people. So basically when you think of, like just generally when you think of people who like really like celebrities, but like in a yeah. nor- like in almost in a normal way, yeah. this would be your entertainment social. They like them because they're cool and they're fun and they watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Right. My older sister would essentially yeah. fall into this with yeah. um, something like that. So these individuals... Uh, they are only mildly afflicted with uh, this newly founded psychological disorder. Mm-hmm. They tend to be extroverts with lots of friends and were passionate passionate about using famous people as a conversation topic. Uh, Essentially, okay. it's it's all harmless stuff. They like talking about celebrities. They like probably reading right. and learning about them, but pretty much normal. Like, but just yeah. like more interested than somebody who doesn't give a yeah. shit. Or someone like me, like, I think some celebrities are cool, but I don't know anything. And you don't keep up with them. Yeah. No keeping up with yeah. the Kardashians. No keeping up with the Kardashians. Kardashians. Yep. This is someone I can't who... even say their name. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so this is someone who keeps up with the stuff, but it's this, like, I want to know about this person, but it's not, like, creepy or weird. The next comes the intense personal. So this relates to individuals that have intensive and compulsive feelings about a celebrity. It was found that these people would have higher levels of anxiety, depression, high stress levels, increased illness, and poor body image. This is when you start getting in the middle, things start getting worse. They're not like up around stalking yet, but right. it they probably are obsessed with celebrities because they don't feel good about themselves. Oh, interesting. And then the final level, uh, the ultimate level we have is borderline pathological. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, so this relates to individuals who display uncontrollable behaviors and fantasies relating to a celebrity. These individuals are hardcore devotees who are solitary, impulsive, antisocial, and troublesome with intensive traits. These are the people who feel they have a unique bond with the chosen celebrity and who are prepared to lie or even die for that, their idol. Yeah, that's interesting that they'd be like antisocial mm-hmm. if they're like so obsessed with a person like I don't know well it's not it well it's basically saying they're violent like if you think like think about I thought antisocial didn't necessarily mean violent uh well I mean if you think about antisocial personality disorder is you you will have a hard time building social relationships because you're kind of a shitty person like you're likely to lie (laughs) you but you see you're you're willing to run the little guy over to do what you want because it's basically your run-of-the-mill psychopath but in this case with these people it's basically like you know when um if you went online and said, I think Justin Bieber is dumb, and the next thing you know, you have women, like, threatening to kill you. And oh, right, right. That's your borderline pathological, especially if they tra- try to actually come to your house or something. Right. Those people are antisocial because they're threatening violence against you because you just said the, the J. Yeah. Biebs was dumb. <laughs> Fair enough. Is he still relevant? Uh, no. Was <laughs> no. he oh, ever? Like, I was like, just... think of a male celebrity. <laughs> yep. Um, that's how much I'm keeping up with it. Yep. Celebrity worship, kind of stated on this continuum, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So mm-hmm. past studies found that worshiping celebrities 
both have positive and negative effects. Like those who do it for the entertainment and social reasons, they are more optimistic, happy, and outgoing. Kids can be fun to talk about, you know, whatever that socialite's doing. Chris, I follow Chrissy T- uh, Teigen. Is it Teigen? Pretty yeah, sure. I like to follow her on Twitter. Teigen? Would it be Teigen? I've always said it Tegan in my head. I've been saying it Tegan too. It's like, why just take John Legend's last yeah. name? That's easy to pronounce. Well, rude and sexist. I know. <laughs> she has a brand, first and foremost. And also, yeah, there's never a requirement to take a male's last name. But at the same time, I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, okay. <laughs> it can be fine in that aspect, but it's a bit more lighthearted. But also then people who cel- uh, worship these celebrities for more personal motives mm-hmm. um they are more likely to be obsessive anxious depressed impulsive solitary anti-social and troublesome basically all the words i said before right these articles are a little bit repetitive yeah yeah because it it's like the, the research stuff is small it's like right. it, it seems like it's a pretty new like phenomenon yeah like one of the studies identified dated, as yeah. a phenomenon yeah one of the studies i think dated back to 2003 there was an article that talked about like where the term came from i think it was like coined on like a radio show but like the like one of the first articles i think was mccutcheon's mccutcheon's was like in 2003 Mm -hmm. which is i would say pretty fairly new or it's we'll just say it's not a highly researched topic so a study done by maltby and his team uh they found correlation between the pathological effects of uh, celebrity worship syndrome and poor mental health and UK participants. So it was high anxiety, depression, stress, increased illness, and poor body image. Uh, most of the studies that he's his group has done, and also um, McCutcheon's group have done, have been carried out on adults. Uh, but studies on relating body image that did include teens did show a relationship between intense personal celebrity worship, which was that middle round, right, right. Um, and body image. Interesting. So, well, so they, they, what they found was that, like, I think it was, is teens had, like, they tended to fall on the continuum in that middle ground, and then they had poor body image, and this does go away around 17 to 20 years of age, which right. I think a lot of us have just experienced. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Just poor I mean, body image in general, and then some people have, like, a celebrity they look up to, and they're like, I'm just not as great as them. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's interesting because it, you might think that, because you're obsessed with like a perfect image that leads to poor body image but I feel like we definitely should emphasize that it's correlation you know yeah what I mean like it's not there's a there's a relation between the two yeah like just because you have a fave celebrity doesn't necessarily mean you'll have body poor body image and vice versa oh yeah well I mean because people who are just like I like to read about celebrities and you know watch their reality tv shows were shown to be like happier interesting Um, okay yeah so it just it's when it's a bit more personal I feel like it's probably these two can coincide. You have feel more personally close to a celebrity, and then you also have poor body image. Yeah, and, and I feel like both of those things just happen to have like both of those things happen to be during high school. Like I feel like yes. you're just more <laughs> like that age. Your hormones are crazy. Mm-hmm. You're just more likely to hate yourself and more likely to yeah. love somebody else. Let's just agree, high school sucks. <laughs> yeah. And you know, look, I I'm an adult and I still wish I was as tall as Taylor Swift. So yeah. You know, oh like, really? I I I, don't, I I lost the wanting to be taller after like hitting five eight. I was like, yeah, this is good. Like this. Is I okay. want to be five ten. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I I'm guess sure. that'd be fun, you know? Yeah. I'm, well, I, the thing is, I'm sure if I was 5'10", well, maybe I'd want to be taller. Um, 
I, I, I do want to be tall. I'm like, it's not fair that everyone else gets to be taller. You're 5'7". I know. <laughs> my family. Oh, my fair. aunt's 5'10". Fair enough. Um, and I, so I'm saying I want to be my aunt, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, also this guy uh, in his study or his research, uh, he has multiple studies. Uh, his research has suggested that celebrity obsessed individuals also suffer from high levels of dissociation and fantasy proneness. Which makes sense if you think this celebrity is like the love of my life and wants to be with me. Because some of the articles were like, yeah, if your kid's all like, I'm going to marry this person. And we say that jokingly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have a celebrity husband. Um, no. Ashley has Or wife. Six. You do have a celebrity no, wife. No, I said, oh, uh, well, I, I guess. Winona I do Ryder. really love Winona Ryder. But it's a joke. Specifically from like the 90s, yeah. though. So it's kind of like. But it's also like a lighthearted, fun thing, right? right? right like right. this is my for celebrity sure, husband. Sure. Yeah. Um, Mine's still Josh Hutchinson. I, I actually <laughs> never really considered her a wife. She's always just been like the person I had a crush on but could never mm. approach. You know, like yeah. that's my fantasy. And mm-hmm. my head is like. Oh, 90s Winona from across the classroom. <laughs> like, you guys catch never, eyes. Never talking to me yeah. ever. Anyway. But yeah, like, but it's, it's almost for, like, us, it's a, it's a fun thing for right, these people. Right. It's like, they, they, some of them really think, like, oh, this. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll have an example. Don't worry. Yeah, of course yeah, you yeah. do. Of course yeah. you do. Laura and her fun stories. Okay. Uh-huh. So this is a very long quote from Maltby uh, when he was summarizing his research. So data from 3,000 people showed... Only around 1% demonstrated or demonstrate obsessional tendencies. I say it's a quote. I'm going to still paraphrase, aren't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> around 10% of that 1%, I think, um, that around 10% who tend to be neurotic, tense, emotional, and moody displayed intense interest in celebrities. Around 14% said they would make a special effort to read about their favorite celebrity and to socialize with people who shared their interest. Uh, the other 75% of the population do not take any interest in celebrities' lives. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. That's us. Yep. Uh, generally, the vast majority of people who identify a favorite celebrity, but don't say they read about them or think about them all the time. Like most things, it's fine as long as it doesn't take over your life. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the reason I don't have a favorite celebrity is because every time I decide, like, I think they're my favorite. So I find out something horrible about them, and then I'm just like, everyone's everyone's terrible. I know. No one is perfect. Tom have Hanks no... is still safe. Oh, yeah. I think Tom Hanks is but fine. I wouldn't say he's my favorite celebrity. I'm just like, yeah. it's more like the, the, the bar is set so low in Hollywood <laughs> that I'm like, thank like, God. He hasn't abused his wife or, like, had sex with minors. Woo! Woo! Um, and something interesting I found in one of the articles I was reading, I don't remember which one, but it, t- it talked about the biological angles of, like, why we like celebrities, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. I don't always... I always like the biological angles like you know um and like ancestral stuff reasons for things right i don't necessarily always agree with them but i liked i think it's it's, interesting yes it's very interesting so uh the biological angle is essentially that it's it's natural for humans to look up to individuals who receive like a lot of attention Mm -hmm. uh because that means they succeeded in society and we want to copy um, that or yeah so like you these celebrities they have a lot of fame and fortune and we want to emulate that right like I don't know about you, but when I was a little kid, yeah, I wanted to be like a celebrity. And and this is why Donald Trump became president. We? Uh, we're trying okay. to keep this lighthearted. I'm sorry. <laughs> but 
But yeah, so we uh, may rank individuals on how successful they are uh, at the behaviors we want to copy. So uh, this does not necessarily make them role models, as it pointed out, you know, as we can think with a lot of celebrities who do things that... Cough, the one I just mentioned, cough. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. (laughs) So they're not necessarily role models, um, but what they have done is that they have definitely received a great deal of wealth which we may want to copy. Um, and also something that I thought was really interesting is it also pointed out that we may watch the, like, they're not role models, but they get a lot of stuff. They get attention, they get money, and we want to make sure they deserve it. Right. Like, I could understand why you defend, you know, certain people. Yeah. Because you want it to be okay. Yeah, you, you want them to, they have a lot of great stuff, and you want to believe that they deserve it. Right. So, yeah, we watch them, yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, we, we don't be like, okay, taking it away from you, or just like, no, no, no. They're still fine. Yep. <laughs> he he murdered someone. No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> but he's so rich and yeah. popular. He's got so much money. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, God. And so, and if it's entertainment for social reasons, you're probably a good, happy, well-adjusted person. You just really like celebrities. And if it starts going more personal, obsessive stuff, you're probably solitary you're going to be impulsive. You're going to really um, occupy that obsessive, compulsive area. And, and when you start getting towards that darker end of it, it's rather than a healthy interest in the rich and famous, these people's whole lives have become about admiring their celebrity and their actions. Um, and it said it even almost kind of resembles like almost a religious worship, or you could even say like they perform rituals, they follow mm-hmm. their celebrity around, they may even try to collect um, items that have been touched by their, you know, the yeah. object of their affection, actor, singer, musician, believing they're valuable. So yeah, it's 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 like here's your idol and you're gonna worship it now. And then finally, although it's not immediately clear what causes celebrity worship syndrome, some experts believe that the deeper levels reflect an attempt to soothe an empty self. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which okay, I get that. So then yeah, rather than just being mere entertainment. Some of us now turn to celebrity for all aspects of our lives and end up becoming emotionally involved with people we have never met. Isn't that just kind of sad? Yeah. <laughs> in and on a high note, guys. Right. Right. Um, this was supposed to be the fun week, Emily. You know, we did also cover a topic that involves stalking people. Um, Fair enough. I don't know if, because I, mean, I didn't research oh, the case. Oh, my cases are very dark. I probably shouldn't be blaming you for, like, turning well, things dark. I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, I wonder if anyone's killed for this. Let's I, just say they've tried. Yeah. Well, because I, I think about like the crime shows when I talk, they talk about stalking, and yeah. they're always all like, if they can't have you, it's a no one will thing, and they will try to murder you. Yeah, but I feel like it's different when it's just like your personal person versus like mm-hmm. a celebrity icon that yeah. you don't really have a relationship with. Yeah. Well, well, then they talked about it in Criminal Minds. You know, obviously oh, authority here. They perfect. always because they mention sometimes it's it you may not even really know this person. You may have had very brief interactions with them, or they just kind of saw you and were like you and me right but like i that's i I thought you were talking about somebody who had like a wife and they're like i can't have you no one can i meant like murder like stalker oh okay yeah yeah fair enough but again this is coming from tv right sensationalized tv right i would say that any sort of stalker probably could share some traits with this syndrome like I feel like they're they're very similar like any anyone that becomes obsessed with somebody else for whatever reason like it's gonna be like this syndrome. It's gonna be a bad thing. Yeah. Don't be obsessed with people. 
All right, so let's get dive yeah. into. Yeah. Uh, I have some pretty fun cases, but I just I for like you mentioned that they want to like collect stuff that the, their celebrity has touched. Did you do you remember like when that girl was like selling her bath water? Oh my god! And then like yeah. it was like a gamer girl. Yeah, the gamer girl bath water. Yeah, and then they found out like they like somebody decided to DNA test it and like there was no human DNA, so it was just like bottled bath water or like not even bath water, just water. What's well, like? Isn't that fun? Well, I mean, uh, I think all she has to do and is I mean is touch she it. Even, yeah, she could touch <laughs> it. She could have just sat in for a second. I, mean, I, I say they, the people that purchased it got what they were coming for. <laughs> I mean, I, there was really no way to prove that. And even I feel like if you test it, how oh. do you know your bit's going to have the human yeah, DNA? I, just, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because it's funny. And but then, anyway. yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, I'm sure maybe the first batch was actually bath water or she not. sat in. But afterwards, when you have that high of a hey. demand, you just start putting water in things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> slapping a label on it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's get started with, like, the actual cases that I pulled up for us. The first one that I have is Robert Dewey Hoskins, aka Madonna's stalker. She probably has so a many. Lot. But yeah, but this one actually succeeded into kind of like getting very close to her. So yeah, not fun. Um yeah, so reasons not to become a celebrity. Right. So Hoskins was born in Oregon at some point. I don't know. <laughs> no one cares. I just know he's from Oregon. Um, in 1995, he successfully scaled Madonna's uh, wall, like, yeah, like her wall. estate uh-huh. wall. What happened is he crawled around the back to like where the pool was because that's where the carport was. Okay. So he could climb onto the carport roof uh-huh. and then drop into the backyard. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> we get more backstory. <laughs> yes. Um, he had actually been like seen around her house for like the past like several days or something. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of hard to get like a specific timeline, but basically he had been like around the area and Madonna even testified in court that she had been cycling one morning and cycled past him and thought mm. like, Ooh, who's this creepy guy staring at me <laughs> and like went into her house and didn't really think about it until he started showing up more often. Yeah. And like, when he finally, like, got into yeah. her backyard. Oh, so disturbing. I know. Like, you're just, like, riding your bike, yeah, all who's chill. That who's that crazy guy with the crazy hair? And then next thing you know, he's in her yard at night. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, anyway, um, her bodyguard, you know, obviously saw him and, like, confronted him. Okay, and so was... she wasn't alone. Okay, oh, good. Oh, wait, I totally forgot. Okay, so he had actually, like, even in the times, like, before he actually, he did, like, the actual getting over the wall, mm-hmm. he had even, like, gone onto her intercom and, like, like, you know, like, the little buzzer at yeah. the gate, yeah. you know, yeah. that celebrities mm-hmm. have because they're celebrities? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, like, buzzed into the intercom and I'm trying to, like, find where the quote is. Oh, he said over the intercom, um... So over the intercom, he was saying things like about, I don't know why I laughed, because he was saying things about killing her and her staff if he was not allowed inside. Oh my god. Yeah. And um, he was also heard saying other threats and mm-hmm. like just various like nasty things. Yes. But ever, when has ever threatening someone, like I'm going to murder you, has ever gotten you inside yeah. where you want it to be? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, that'll work. Some guys at our door are like, I'm going to kill you. Like, please come in and have some tea. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and he at one point slipped a letter under mm. the gate that was found, and it was written on a religious pamphlet, which is fun. I don't know. That just adds like an extra oh, yeah, like I said, creepy the, element. The worshiping to it. like an idol. Oh, yeah, Here's a religious pamphlet. Yeah, and he he had written on it things like, "I love you. You will be my wife." For keeps and kiss, 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 kiss. Did he write out kiss? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not the X's. Kiss, 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 kiss. Anyway, okay, so he gets over the wall and the bodyguard says he was saying things like, you know, um, she's going to be my wife and if I can't have her, like, I'm going to cut her throat. Oh. Basically. Yep. He was shot by the bodyguard and um, in like the leg or something. I, okay. I don't know. Oh. Not, not like. Just like screw just you. Just to be like, yeah. you're in a yard and you're saying all these crazy things. I don't laugh. Yeah. Shoot. You know? Yeah. It's just um, not cheap to kill. Yeah. No. And so they had to, you know, obviously he was arrested and then there had to be like a trial. And the defense was saying like, look, this was a guy who clearly had like issues but you're like exaggerating to kind of cover for the fact that you shot him. Oh, uh, okay. And like he didn't deserve to be shot. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have shot him. Like he's just a guy with schizophrenia. Or I don't even think he had like an official diagnosis, but he's like they did rule that he was insane. Really? Okay. And so yeah, like he's he's they a little did, they in, he's they a little, in, little the bit. put the insanity plea. Yes. Um so basically they they made okay so they also made Madonna testify in court, which she originally didn't want to go because she didn't her. yeah exactly she didn't want to have to face him but then they were like that's not fair for the defendant because you could be you're you're framing him as looking more dangerous than he actually is and he's supposed to be presumed innocent so it's like biasing the jury to believe he is dangerous that's bullshit I know yeah so like and. And after this trial, there were a lot of, like, second looks at those rights of the victims mm-hmm. to be, like, whether they want to go. I didn't really follow up on that. I just wanted to yeah, say, celebrities like, aren't people, right? They <sighs> don't have emotions. They don't fear yeah. a guy who's, like, threatening to cut your throat yeah. if you don't let him in. Like, And I, I read that they were, like, going to charge her, like, $5 million if she didn't show up in court. So she, she finally, like, did. I mean, that's probably petty cash of a dollar. Oh, but yeah. the <laughs> principle of the thing. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just being mean. She's yeah. a person too, and I'm terrified. And that's, what, to see and that's that guy. what she said. She was like, I, you know, I feel sick to my stomach even having to be here. He was there to take me away. Like he said, he was gonna slice my slice my throat from ear to ear. Like, and she was like, you know, pretty freaked out by this. Yeah, obviously, like, I mean, because I, I I know there's. And, Oh, here's, here's, here's the quote. Uh-huh. I feel incredibly disturbed that the man who repeatedly threatened my life is sitting across the room from me. I feel we are making his fantasies come true. Yeah. Which is like, you know, fair yeah. enough. Because I mean, there's kind of, I guess there's, yeah, there's this element that like celebrities are like larger than life people. So we don't always think of them as like, but I mean, like imagine yeah. you and me, like, right. You see some guy outside your apartment and the next thing you know, like, He's, he's trying, trying to, to get kill in, you, and you don't have a bodyguard you. to shoot yeah. him. <laughs> like, maybe you, have, maybe, maybe like the replacement is you have like you have a friend over or something, yeah. or like your your significant other is with you, and like, but it's just like, yeah. But I mean, it's creepy. It's yeah. scary to think about if someone's following and, you around, and I don't and think has it, his thoughts about you, and I don't think it necessarily biases the jury. Like, no, if like, because I would just understand as a jury member, like. Well, they're having an some sort of argument, mm-hmm. some sort of disagreement. That's why we're in court. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why she doesn't want to see him. Not mm-hmm. because he's necessarily yeah. dangerous. Like I can put that bias aside, 
But mm-hmm. yeah, I still think victims' rights should be, but maybe even portraying her as a victim would be like against the court. I don't know. I don't know how it works because like, because there, you know, the defense's side was that he was the victim. He got shot. He mm-hmm. was just a crazy person, and they shouldn't have yeah. taken him as a threat because he's just mm-hmm. you know insane, and he shouldn't have been shot just because he has schizophrenia or whatever. Yeah. And it's like. Because he cray cray. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a little, I don't know. I don't know where the sensitivities lie on this, but whatever. I, I'm going to say since he scaled someone's wall threatening to kill them, I'm. Yeah. But then the, I think the big thing the defense rested on was that like he did not have a weapon. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, we can go back and forth and debate. Would he actually have killed her? Um. Whether, I mean, when you know, when someone's trying to kill you, you're not necessarily thinking about, well, does he have access to a gun, a knife? You're just like, yeah. what? Like, what? Bad. Yeah. Get out of here. Exactly. So, anyway, he did end up getting convicted for, like, ten years in prison, and then he was sent to a mental hospital, which he escaped from in 2012. Oh. I was kind of hoping you'd be like, and he, you know, got help. Oh, no. He escaped in 2012, but then was quickly caught. So, um, and then he was sent to a different like mental facility did they say how he's doing now uh i couldn't find anything more recent than 2012 and i definitely think that he needs help yeah and i hope he gets it yeah me too and i forgot to mention that all of my sources were from la times the new york times and la weekly just fyi makes sense yep (laughs) yep yeah so that was really creepy oh and i think he later made threats against halle berry and she wanted to move to France because of those threats against, like, he he basically used, I, I don't think he's super creative because he used his whole I'm going to slit your throat from mm-hmm. ear to ear thing again. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, she was, like, not super happy about that. And when he escaped in 2012, she was like, all right, maybe I'll move to France. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's definitely shown himself more than capable of getting close. Yeah. Because um, this isn't just, he's not just, like, making threats on the internet. And you don't know where he is, which is still scary. But it's like, this guy was, you know, whatever yeah. amount of yards from me. Like, he was on your property. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who's to say that, like, if the security guard didn't shoot him, he wouldn't have been shot by the cops if he didn't come, yeah. that, you know, like, calmly? I, I don't really know how that Just all think plays about out. if, like, the security guard hadn't seen him or something. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So, who, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's scary. It, it's it's basically, it, it is stalking. It's just has a different element to it because this is a famous person that yeah. we all have access to. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we, we are talking about celebrity worship syndrome, but I'd, I'd have to guess that it's not just that for this guy and my other mm-hmm. cases. I think they definitely have, like, other things going on. This guy, I didn't see a specific diagnosis for Hoskins. I do have a specific comorbidity okay. diagnosis. Mm, fancy mm. word. Um, own fancy magic science words. Yeah. Should we explain what co- comorbidity is? We, we already talked about Did it, I? but yeah, yeah, you okay. defined it. But it's I basically when, yeah, when you have more than one diagnosis. Yeah. So, um, it's very yeah. common. Couldn't couldn't find anything for Hoskins, but you know, did find any uh, did find other stuff yeah. for the others. He's definitely he has some sort of disturbance. Yeah, and whether it's just a multitude of things. But this, uh, he definitely had a fixation on a celebrity, so that's mm-hmm. why I threw him in here. Yeah. Okay, my next case is John Hinckley Jr., a.k.a. Jodie Foster Stalker. Oh. And this one's extra fun. It's extra juice. I don't know. 
but um, <laughs> it's because there's like anyway, it it you'll you'll it's, see why you'll you'll you you it's will the hot guy. You will know exactly who this man is once I get into it. Okay. okay. Oh, also, he definitely looks like Jonathan from Stranger Things. So, and it's funny because this case took place in the 80s, and I'm like, hmm, Stranger Things <laughs> season four subplot? Like, <laughs> Jonathan becomes Jodie Foster's yes. <laughs> Yep. Anyway, okay, I, I'll post photos of him, but he looks creepily like Jonathan from Stranger Things, <laughs> in my opinion, and I've been told that I do not have a very good opinion when it comes to comparing people's oh. faces. <laughs> but, like, in my opinion, he looks like him. Okay. He was born in Oklahoma, but raised in Dallas. His parents were extremely wealthy. I'm talking the richy riches of Dallas. So, as you can imagine, they pretty rich. He lived in, yeah. like, the, um, his, okay, so his dad was, like, the chairman of an energy company uh-huh. and a super evangelical Christian supporter. Of course, he's in Dallas. Yes. And, um, okay, so. Rich people live in Dallas? Yes. That, There's I, even a, like, Real Housewives of Dallas. Oh, there is? Like, yeah, yeah. I just, I've been to Dallas, and I'm like, this is generic city. When I, I Oh. Well, I'm talking about this. The yeah. the area of Dallas he's from is um, called um, University City. City. I've Which is like a very ritzy, okay. like fancy okay. neighborhood. Yeah, I just like I would say the only time I've been to like the fancy places, you know, it's here and then in Houston, Chevy Chase Street is right. And I'd be like, that's where all the rich people live. Yep, <laughs> they have very nice houses over yeah. there. No, Dallas is very, very rich. Mm-hmm. And okay, yeah, um, well, parts of it obviously. Um, yeah. he uh, yeah, grew up in University City. Um, uh, specifically went to Highland Park High School, which is a ritzy like. Rich kid public school, you know, oh, one of those. They have those. Yeah, well, yeah, like <laughs> think know. of like he's in an affluent area. So yeah, really like school. yeah, I could give a San Antonio reference, but I don't know if you'd get it. So we're moving on. Uh, he dropped out of Texas Tech University, right? College University, fuck, University of Texas Tech. What's the official? Whatever. I just call it Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Um, where my dad the, went to college. The PT thing that I when I used yeah. to see, that, I used to think it was that high school path. Because they had the, the red tea. <laughs> okay. Texas Tech had two. Right, right. Anyway, he dropped out of Texas Tech to move to L.A., which is funny because my dad dropped out of Texas Tech to move to Alaska. Oh. Very different. Anyway. <laughs> I was like, oh, your dad also went. <laughs> no. Um, he moved to L.A. to pursue being a songwriter, uh-huh. which was uh, not soups uh, successful, <laughs> as you could imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, being a white rich kid from Dallas, he probably thought he'd be the perfect kid to probably. write songs in yeah. L.A. <laughs> probably also was a trust fund kid and yep. had a lot of money to oh, do Oh, yes. So he called to his parents often and lied for money and to talk to them about his fake girlfriend of why he was living in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay. So he eventually moved back um, to, in with his parents who had relocated to Colorado and started. Aspen? I don't know. I mean, probably. Probably. <laughs> and started collecting weapons and practicing with them. Yes. Isn't that a fun red flag? That's <laughs> <laughs> the most fun red flag. Yep. Oh, God. He also, around the same time, was pre- prescribed antidepressants. Mm-hmm. So there's that comorbidity as he was super depressed and had other, like, emotional issues. Yeah. Um, and tranquilizers. Oh, my God. Yes. Look, I... I, I mean, and uh, does, like, I mean, I get it. 
I, I have anxiety, depression, and all that. But do I need guns? And do I need to practice with these guns? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, want to perpetuate the idea that, like, people that have, like, are on, like, especially take medications for mental illnesses are, like, going to go, sh- you know, shoot up. But right. it's, like, you're collecting them and then practicing with them. And then also you're, like, on a little Yeah, a little unstable. Is anyone <laughs> concerned? Yeah. Like, are his parents concerned? I, maybe they were. too to be concerned. Like, <laughs> maybe someone was. Maybe if someone was, like, you know, can we talk? And, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's Who just knows? knowing what he's doing, I'm very concerned. It was like, also. I do have hindsight right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. It like, was also like the 70s and 80s, and I'm oh. sure mental health care was not up to par back then. Oh, no. I think in the 70s they still thought homosexuality was. I mean, in the 70s is when. They finally changed it. Right, right. It's so not the, the DSM. Yeah, anymore. the third one. Um, Slow coming. Yeah, but I mean, in the 70s, that's when like um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest came out. That oh. book and movie, 60s, and 70s. I saw I the movie because of you. Yes. It's a very interesting movie and book. Mm-hmm. The book is better, in my opinion. But um, okay. it's worth a read, and it's like an insider's look at what mental health facilities were like back in that time Terrible. period. Awful. Just the worst. Horrible. And that was for the men. So just imagine, like, the – and for white men. And mm-hmm. just imagine, like – It doesn't – It does not get It better. doesn't get any better. <laughs> for most people who aren't rich and white, it's prison is your mental health system. Yep. Yep. So, uh, okay. So he also became obsessed with the movie Taxi Driver, which is an extremely violent movie. Uh, and I'm not going to go, like, super into the plot, but if you guys no have – spoilers. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you've seen The Joker – or Joker, the new one with Joaquin Phoenix. It's basically like that movie. It's it, they're very similar. I know you haven't seen yeah. it, but for anyone else who has, Sony's seen it, listening, yeah. they will know what that's about. It's basically Taxi Driver stars Robert De Niro, who is a taxi driver. Uh huh. Anyway, that's um, surprising. He becomes and like he basically sees the city around him. I think he also lives in New York, which is. Yeah, he's a taxi yeah. driver in New York, right. of course. Yeah, and um, he sees, like, the world as super corrupt and disgusting, and he hates it, and he starts to become more and more violent and the in response to that. edgelord anti-hero. Exactly. Exactly. I, it's like I've already seen this movie I know. or something. <laughs> it's like, it's every trope ever. <laughs> it is. Okay, um, so he event. okay, so these are the two important things. Mm-hmm. He befriends a child sex trafficking victim played by... Jodie Foster. That's important because we're talking about the stalker okay. who is obsessed with Jodie Foster. For a second, I didn't realize you were talking about the movie. I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. Still talking about Taxi Driver. Yeah. Robert De Niro is a taxi driver. Mm-hmm. He befriends the child sex trafficking victim played by Jodie Foster mm-hmm. and becomes obsessed with like freeing her and killing her pimp mm-hmm. as well as killing this presidential candidate who he dislikes because of the politics that like he sees him as a corrupt person so he wants to kill this oh, it's not Pres- even related to the no child not really he like, he, well, he, well he wants to murder the pimp because mm-hmm. he wants to free jodie foster he wants to murder the president candidate because he sees that sort of mm-hmm. candidate as like the cause of even having child sex trafficking oh, okay. you know what i mean like yeah you yeah, it's all kind of tied together. He's like, just I know trying you're to from one state, but you have just you have done all terrible things everywhere. Yeah, and so <laughs> yeah, like he he doesn't like how his world is, and he's trying to kill these people as a sort of vigilante move of making it better. Anyway, those are the two important facts you need to remember. Jodie Foster is in it, and he tries to kill a pre- presidential candidate. 
Spoiler alert. Foreshadowing. So, foreshadowing. <laughs> okay. And, um, like, I knew the Jodie Foster part, but now you're, yeah, like, yeah. this is juicy. Mm-hmm. I'll snap. Yeah, I told you. Okay. Okay. Um, Jimmy Carter. So it's, it's, <laughs> kidding. Just keep, keep going. Keep. Anyway, okay, <laughs> don't, don't make that face. All right. <laughs> well, we'll get into Stop it. Okay. So it's like super creepy because when you see pictures of like, okay, so the guy Hick 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 Hinkley, sorry, Hinkley. Um, Who cares if we mispronounce his name? Whatever. Um, yeah. He, like I said, he became obsessed with Jodie Foster kind of because of this film. She was fourteen. Oh yeah, Jody. in the film. She was very young. I, I think well, it is very creepy. I think Jodie Foster was the one from the uh, the the Levi commercials back in the day, or that may have been Farrah Fawcett. I feel like I confuse those two. But I think it was um, Jodie Foster, where yeah. it's nothing gets between me and my Levi's. I don't know oh. um, if she posed naked or something, but uh, Jodie Foster is the girl from like Bad News Bears. Um, she was in Contact. She's oh, she's fucking. She's fucking. You know, she's got Clarice. Yeah, she's got Clarice. Yeah, she's got cute little yeah, yeah, But no, like the commercial I'm thinking... What is that movie? Okay, it's Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Sorry, I was the, trying to The commercial I'm thinking about, I think, I'm pretty sure it's Jodie Foster. I okay. just remember it was a really famous blonde. Yeah, but yeah. underage, was like Well, 15. Farrah Fawcett is a brunette, so it's probably not Oh, her. I thought she was blonde. No, I think she's a brunette. Whatever. I okay. Know anything. It's probably Jodie Foster then. Yeah. Um, But it was, the whole commercial was, it was an actual commercial, and she's wearing Levi's, and she says... Nothing gets between me right. and my Levi's, implying she's not wearing any underwear. Right. And it's, like, hugely sexual, and she's, like, 15 in yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. God. Don't know if that's Jodie Foster, but yeah. disturbing in general when child children she, are portrayed as sexual was, beings. She was definitely sexualized at yeah. a young age, for yeah. sure. So, poor Jodie Foster was in this movie playing a child prostitute, which I guess at least in the movie it was, like, Robert De Niro wasn't into her. Like, mm-hmm. he was just, like, a protector, like, dad figure. Yeah. This guy, not so much. He was, like, into Jodie Foster in this mm-hmm. movie. Like, yuck, 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 yuck. And he was, like, I think, I think I did the math, and he was, like, 18 when it came out, which I guess could be worse, but, like, still gross. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. could be worse, but overall, just the idea that you're sexually attracted to someone who's portraying a, like, a... Yeah. Oh, he was actually, he was in like his early 20s, actually. Yeah. Gross. It doesn't get any better. No, no, no. It can't. Super creepy. Very It only gets worse. And like, I looked up pictures just to like reassure myself that I wasn't making a big deal out of her being for. No, she fucking looks like a kid. She looks like a tiny child. It's very gross. Probably like a little cute face. Yep. Yep, the little chubby uh, cheeks and everything. It's Blech. supposed to, you're supposed to incite that paternal, maternal rage where you're like, I must also kill her pimp with Robert De Niro. Yeah, this not, I'm sexually her. attracted not, like, to her. Can I, can I get you for a night? I'm just feeling gross when I said that. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so he decides, yeah, to, he, or he becomes super infatuated with Jodie Foster to the point where when she goes to Yale, but I don't know if she went to Yale, but um, he moved to Connecticut to be close to her, and con- and she lived on, like, I think she lived on campus, and he found out where she lived, Aww. and she's, like, 18, 19. He's 26 and 27 Aww. when this is going on, and he Aww. he finds where she's living, like, slips notes under her door, constantly calls her, like, yeah, it's it's bad. Oh, that's the thing I was scared of. She doesn't know who it is. It's like, it could be someone who lives in the dorms with her yeah. and has much easier access than even this right. man does. 
already. Yep. It's just, it's all around yeah. disgusting. Anyway. They don't have the cool security doors we had back in the day. No. He couldn't get her to talk to him, so he fantasized about completing suicide in front of her or hijacking an airplane she'd board. Because, you know, that's a big move to, like, I know, I was like get a oh, girl's attention. Either complete suicide or hijack her by airplane. It's like, yep, yep. nothing else? Those but are then, I think, like, he finally, like, got, you know, I guess maybe inspired by the taxi driver film enough that he eventually settled on the plan to assassinate President, you guessed it, Jimmy Carter. No, not the peanut <laughs> farmer. But it gets better. Oh, God. Because, uh, yeah, so he started following Jimmy Carter around, <laughs> <laughs> like, trying to figure out, you know, when to do the deed. And okay. Because he thought Jody would be super impressed by this. He was like, oh, yeah, she's going to love it when I kill Jimmy Carter. Not even the presidential candidate, but he was actually president during this time? Yes. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to go find a guy who, who is who, surrounded by bodyguards. Who, or, like, who will who will, who will definitely shoot okay. you Okay, but then, like, sight. I also have the question of, this was, like, in the early 80s, like, 81, 82, uh-huh. before the internet. Like, how did he keep finding these people? Like, I know they're celebrities, but, like, newspapers only tell you, like, what? I, don't I don't know. Like, do you just, like, find out where they live? somehow like a newspaper or something article and then you just ask around town like <laughs> some serious dedication here. Yeah, yeah um i don't showing know. that celebrity yeah. worship syndrome it's extremely it's, <laughs> i mean everyone knows where the president lives but yeah jody Foster. fair enough fair enough but like this was like he was following him around like the country like as he was like going around doing stuff well that would be pretty i guess like yeah i guess you would all the events right? like yeah okay fair enough all right but anyway he eventually got arrested in Nashville and was carrying an illegal firearm, so he got sent back to mommy and daddy because he ran out of money. Not arrested? Oh, he was arrested. But um, I think, you know, he had enough money to bail out and then had to move back home to, like, oh, you know. They didn't, like, were like, hey, this strange man is following the president of the United States. I don't States think they caught him. I don't think they had oh, figured that out. They were just like, he has an illegal weapon. Yeah. Go they back just, home. They, okay. Yeah. They happened to arrest They didn't him. know that part yet. I'm pretty sure. They he did not. totally would have gone to federal um, prison, I think, for that. Right. Uh, so anyway, he, you know, started more treatment for his depression, but his symptoms did not improve at that time. Okay. More fast forward. Fast forward to Reagan's election. Oh, God. Didn't, oh, God. You know, probably, that Reagan had somebody attempt to assassinate him. And it was this guy. It was this guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was this guy obsessed with Jodie Foster. Okay, so Reagan became president, and I guess he had saved up enough money by the time that happened. Um, so he uh, decides, you know, he's going to write to... Oh, he had been writing to Jodie Foster this of whole course. time. Yeah, yeah, of course. But he writes a final letter to her, and I quote, Over the past seven months, I've left you dozens of poems, letters, and love messages in the faint hope that you could develop an interest in me. Although we talked on the phone a couple of times... I never had the nerve to simply approach you and introduce myself. The reason I'm going ahead with this attempt now is because I cannot wait any longer to impress you. <laughs> How romantic. <laughs> Just, she's like, I cannot. <laughs> I, she was a liberal. I don't know. I was like, yeah, yeah get rid of him. Yeah, um, I'm, hmm. No, gentlemen, I this mean, is not how you do it. <laughs> it's really not. So on March 30th, Hinckley shot at Reagan as he was leaving his hotel in Washington, D.C. He did not hit him directly, but a bullet ricocheted off his limo, Reagan's limo, mm-hmm. and hit him in the chest. Oh. 
wounding yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Two others were also hit by bullets, uh, a, secret, a Secret Service agent and a press secretary. The press secretary actually ended up dying from his injuries Aww. 33 years later. But it oh. was ruled a homicide. Still, yeah. that sucks. He, yep. Yeah, that that I'll take him for murder for that, yeah. Yeah. So he was obviously quickly uh, subdued Reed, body slammed by multiple other officials nearby. <laughs> what, what's that game where the Mr. President, get down, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, that happened in real life. Yes. I like to think this these events inspired that game. Probably. He was charged, uh, Hinckley was charged with 13 different accounts, um, but was declared not guilty by reason of insanity in 1982. Ah, okay. And, yeah. So this, this gem of a Wikipedia quote highlights exactly why his insanity defense worked. Soon after his trial, Hinckley wrote that the shooting was, in his words, the greatest love offering in the history of the world, and he was disappointed that Foster did not reciprocate his love. Oh, Oh, yeah, the psychiatrist heard that and went... Oh yeah, he, he's he's guys. He's, he's off a, his rocker. He's, he's like, not here. Like, he's <laughs> he is not with us today at all. Yeah. Okay. So um, you know, but like honestly, the thing I'm disappointed with is that he was never really charged with any of the things he did to Jodie Foster. He was only charged with the assassination stuff. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's just we don't even really charge stalking yeah. much oh, now. Oh, it's yeah. Back it's then. ridiculous like, how hard it is to prove that you, you have an issue. Yeah, you actually have to like do something like assault like you can't, yep. it's like oh this person's been like leaving me creepy notes and like following, following me around me for like, years. Like, yeah, it's years. not illegal and I to have call it, someone around. I have it documented that mm-hmm. they've contacted me and that they've done a it's not illegal nope. to call you. Yeah. Mm, yep. So yeah, they're like it is illegal to try to shoot the president for yes. sure. Yeah. So at least he was gotten on something. Yeah, at least he's away. He definitely needed help. Okay. So, so much. uh he was released from the psychiatric facility in September of 2016 but with many distri- restrictions mm-hmm. including being forced to live with his 90-year-old mom. Fine. I'm sure she loved that. Bless her heart. <laughs> Not being allowed access to any sort of porn or violent music, quote unquote. <laughs> no rap for you. Yep. I guess if that, like, I guess it depends on the rap. Yeah. Well, I'm like, <laughs> but, trying to think, what would you like overarchingly say probably contains violent music? Right. I um, mean, according to the court system. Oh, of course. Yeah, to probably or rap. Um, anyway. <laughs> Not being able to allow to delete his internet history. And not being allowed to contact or be near Reagan, his family, or Jodie Foster, her agent, or, like, anyone else that was, like, involved with the shooting. Yeah. And... Who's monitoring all this? I know. Okay, so I on his Wikipedia page, it said he was supposed to go in for, like... Or somebody was supposed to, like, go check up on him, yeah. and it just never happened. So that's fun. Thank cool. you, How court Jody system. Fostered. <laughs> Reagan's She's, dead, so yeah. we don't have to worry about him right now. But um, in 2018, he was allowed to move out of his mom's house, uh, pending approval from his doctors. So, like the court said, it was okay, but his doctors also had to say it was okay. Yeah. And I didn't see if that had actually happened mm-hmm. or not. Um, and then in September of 2019, so not too long ago. Um, his lawyer stated that they were going to seek a full unconditional release by the end of the year, and I didn't really see any because 2019 ended, and I didn't really see anything about it. But yeah. I, I hope that it's not completely unconditional. Like I hope he still has to see like his therapist, you know. I would want some very definitive proof that he is like, wow, I was so nuts. Exactly. Then. Like, yeah. I, yeah. And I, you should still probably see a therapist because even if you're like 
that was 100% totally crazy to me. Like, I was out of my mind. Like, that's still a lot of stuff to do, and you probably still have some shit to talk about. Yeah. How old is he now? Um, he, I think he was born, like, two years after my dad, so 64. Two years, 60s? Yeah. Probably not that much of a danger to society anymore, um, but still an active, could be a spry yeah. man. I know, like, things tend to peter out right. after 40. No clue. Yeah, that was uh, John Hinckley Jr., the attempted assassinator of Ronald Reagan and Jodie Foster's uh, stalker. Yeah, and Jimmy Carter's stalker? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. That would... He had big dreams, that man. (laughs) He really, really wanted to do so much. All the people I'm going to shoot, I'm going to try to shoot the president. I mean, he it was the greatest love offering of all time, Emily. I know, but of course he wanted I, to shoot the I know the comedian who wrote a book talking about the kind of presidents he would punch, and most of them he wanted to punch were dead, and he still got visited by Secret Service. Like, oh, you that's can't, fun. You can't joke about that stuff. Nope. Just, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then I guess, like, the last one that got, gets, like, an honorable mention, though I won't go into the whole story, because mm-hmm. um, this is the one that I even first learned what celebrity worship syndrome was. Okay. Peggy Ray. Uh, she is David Letterman's stalker. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she, all I can remember about her is she once stole his car from his garage and drove around in it, and when she was arrested by the police, she was like, oh, I, I didn't steal this car. I'm married to David Letterman. He is my husband. And she legitimately believed it. So Of course. Yeah. She was it, delusional. It was one of those, yep, where, like, um, oh, she she really thought she was David Letterman's wife. She's like, no, we're wife. actually married. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> yep. And her real husband was like, oh, oh, God. My mother's fucking. Oh, no, honey. Like, <laughs> please come home. Cheryl. Or what was her name? Yeah. Peggy. 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, she was, she definitely was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and I think was, I don't remember if she got any asylum time, but, yeah, she did. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm, like, positive she did, if not She stole a car. Yeah, I think, yeah. So, and then, when she was released, she decided, I don't care about David Letterman anymore, and went after some astronaut. Like, that's who she focused her obsession on. It was very interesting. I was kind of hoping you'd be like... Is that poor man still married to a woman who does not care about him? Like, you know, dude, yeah. I understand you love this woman, but she does not love you back, and you deserve to be treated with full respect. I just looked it up. They did divorce in 1982. Oh, good. He and it was, and she didn't um, steal his car until night, steal David Letterman's car until 1988. So she had been divorced for. Oh, a while. Okay. Okay. Yeah. At yeah. this point, when he saw on the news, he was like, "Motherfucker." <laughs> oh, I just read something very sad. Oh, um, she took her life after. Oh. This all happened. That's not. That's not good. Yeah, and she did go to prison. But yeah, I'm. I'm very sad that she was. That she completed suicide, suicide because she definitely sad. needed help. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. All of these people needed help. Yeah. She. If she legitimately believed. But she I. Was I guess I feel. Wife. I feel more bad for Peggy because she didn't seem to be violent. She was just. You she know. just stole David Letterman's car. Yeah, I guess that's a little violent. Her three-year-old was in the car with her. Ooh. Yeah, but okay, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if she made any threats against David Letterman. At most, she definitely committed a very inconvenient crime to him. <laughs> yes. Uh, if she didn't do anything else. Was yeah. his... I do know that, like, he did talk about it, and originally he made jokes kind of on his show about it's, it, it's but Letterman. then, like, behind the scenes he was like, no, I was pretty scared. Like, I was not, I didn't feel safe. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, he, of course, he made jokes on air, and he's like, oh, he is totally a comedian. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like, he's like, no, this was actually scary that she was able to get access to my car and, yeah. it, and she thinks she's my wife. Like, 
what if she tries to go further? Because it's yeah. always that, like, what if they do something else, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, that, that those are my three stories, kind of two and a half, maybe. Two and a half. And yeah. two, two and a quarter. Two and a quarter. Yeah, two and a quarter. Two and a quarter. That um, was fun. Yeah. I, I feel like every time we try to choose a fun topic, it's just like, oh, actually, this is terrible. All right. This is not fun. We'll have to actually pick something that maybe doesn't have, like, a dark side to it. No, we're going to find it anyway. Like, we're going to talk about, like, positive uh, like, mindful like mindfulness, mindfulness. Yeah. literally. <laughs> and we're going to find something terrible. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Why do we do this? <laughs> anyway, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. That is all. That was so, our podcast. Yeah, so I guess good goodbye. Like. Oh, right. Like, like subscribe. Leave scub, a comment. Scub, scub. Leave five stars. <laughs> tell your friends. Yep. It, all that good I, stuff. Only if you like it, though. Don't tell your friends if you don't like it. Right. Keep that to yourself. Tell your enemies <laughs> if you don't like it. Oh, fair you enough. You have those. Yep. I um, don't mind if people you hate listen to this. <laughs> fair enough. Okay. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to Weird Science, hosted by Laura Moyer and Emily Gangness. If you'd like to get into contact, our email is wetalkweirdscience at gmail.com, spelled W-E-T-A-L-K-W-E-I-R-D-P-S-Y-E-N-C-E at gmail.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at weirdscience, spelled the same way. Cover art is by Morgan Kalka whose Twitter handle is at PlayerDirector. Music is by Josue Allen at J-O-S-U-E-A-L-N on Instagram. Thank you so much. Have a great day.